talk, you can count on me. And if you need to laugh, you can count on me. And if you want to chill, you can count on me. But if you need me on time, okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. This is a special summertime edition of Filipino time. Me and JR are on a road trip. Yeah. And JR, where are we right now? Reno, Cal- Reno, California. Yes. We've made it California? all the way to Reno. No, no. Reno, Reno Nevada. Nevada. Didn't catch that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're in Reno, Nevada. Right string, wrong yo yo. That's right. Yeah. This is now an interstate podcast. And we're here for a special occasion out here in Sparks. We're we're live. It's a beautiful Sunday morning, summertime. And uh why why are we here? We're here for the annual uh day of birth of <laughs> the twins. Yes. My mom and her sister, Abing. And we're learning they have a lot of they have a lot of names. Abing, yes. Gavina, but also Maria. Maria Gavina is her name. And Avina is, is a shorted for the Gavina. Avina. They cut out, they cut off part of it and made it Vienna. Vienna. And the Vienna. sister's name, Adoy, her name is Theodora, yeah. and they did the same thing. They just cut it down and made it Adoy. Adoy. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. You should you should probably shorten our names too at one point. Well, you should be Ste. I'll be Ste. Yeah, but be, mess. Your name's already short, Jr. That's good. Yeah, it's but two it, syllables though. Maybe just R at some point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. G- I I remember why now that was James Roscoe because he was born. Your dad, his dad, named him because uh, because of Roscoe Boulevard went by there. <laughs> he got the name Roscoe from Roscoe Boulevard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm glad I wasn't born on um, Devonshire. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but me and Jr. We're not alone. Uh, as you can guess, we have a special guest of honor here with us. We wanted to come up and and talk with him, and he's he's a a major part of the family. He has so many stories to share and memories to tell. We, we welcome Uncle Paul. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. So I'm not sure if you've heard any of these so far, but we've been talking to you know my mom and Pito, and we're we're learning there's a lot of key epicenters of where like the families would meet up. Like they they would meet in the Bay Area. They would meet at my mom's house, mm-hmm. but they would also we'd also come here a lot. Mm-hmm. Um. I guess, yeah, just starting off, like, what brought you guys up here to Sparks? Well, uh, what really brought us up here to Sparks was the closing of the plant in Van Nuys. The, the, okay, at, at the GM point, plant. Yes. And I had been, was working in the office at the time, and I knew that it was coming. So they were offering uh, jobs up here at the parts warehouse. So I told Venus, says, hey, you can get a job up at the Parks Warehouse in Sparks, Nevada. And I remember her telling me, she says, where's Sparks, Nevada? Mm-hmm. I said, I don't know. Get in the car. We'll go find out. We drove up here. We liked it. Looked at how, and When we were living in Southern California at that time, we'd been through a, a, a long bout with a strike and shortages. We couldn't. Couldn't afford to buy a house. We were living in an apartment. The only thing we got extra was cockroaches. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. At any rate, so we came up here and we liked it. We saw the house and bought it. Yeah. And I drove back and forth to Van Nuys. Wow. For about a year, going back and forth, working in the drive. office and coming home every other week. And uh, but in, and she went to work at the parts warehouse. At that time, it was right around the corner. Now it's out instead. It's a little farther away. But she liked it here because it was close to where she was going to work and everything. 
that's how we wound up at this house. Wow. So it wasn't too, I guess, intimidating to leave California, you know, no. for, for, for a smaller town. No, I could see the handwriting on the wall and I'm, and I hate to, to knock where I, where I grew up, right. but I could see the fact that, uh, They were driving the company out. Mm -hmm. yeah. When I'm, I'm talking about when uh, I remember I, I was working in the office and the lady around the corner handled handled a lot of the insurance stuff. She says, Paul, she says, you know, we're paying a million dollars a month for workman's comp. And uh, it was just. So expensive to do yeah, business in California. It was deteriorating, yeah. and so it, it. I knew that the upper management was really complex. They wanted to stay in Van Nuys, yeah, because it was where the, everybody was from. But the management uh, looked at the things that were going on with the automobile industry, and they learned from the Japanese. Yeah. They weren't. They were no longer superior. They were no longer laughing at the Japanese. Japanese had built up a karitsu system, and that means you put your your basic automobile manufacturing plant here, and all the parts are within a few miles of it, all the way around to the point where they would go in and they find a mom and pop store that might make. Uh, business that might make uh, the seat covers or something. And they'd say, well, we don't have the equipment to do that. We don't have the manpower to do that. And the, and the Japanese auto manufacturer tell them, you don't worry about that. We will sub give you the money to mm -hmm. build up the business. Right. Now, what this did, the way it was in Van Nuys for years, and I can remember we had a whole second floor full of metal parts and stuff for the cars. These things are, had been manufactured months before. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're stamping parts and the die slips, all of a sudden nothing fits right. Yeah. So now we had a they had a fit problem with the places all across the United States. They'd have three or four months worth of supplies sitting upstairs. Right. Of these parts that were no good. But when, yeah. So when they went to the Karitsu system, they the whole idea was. If something was wrong, they would get on the phone and they would tell the manufacturer who sent them the parts, we're shutting down at 4 o'clock this afternoon. We need new new parts in here by tomorrow morning. Uh-huh, yeah. And this upped the uh, quality of the, of the cars the per, tremendously. Yeah. And I, you know... I was proud like every American that oh, America's the best, and I still think so. But we learned a lot from our competitors, which were the Japanese at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, th that all followed in suit with a lot of different things. Uh, it, it got to the point where we, we'd have, a, I ran a, a line that had 37 people on We put in heaters and air conditioners uh -huh. and outside when outside mirrors and different things on the cars yeah. that went down the line. Well, when things were going wrong or something was wrong, they had two repairmen and a couple of inspectors down there inspecting. And then they, sometimes the repairmen would be down around the corner and I have to get somebody to come and help get them out of the hole. 
when when we got to this new new system of having yeah. the right parts, it went a long ways to curing that. But the next thing was when something came along and something was wrong, they had supervisor in that area had the right to go over there and shut the whole plant down. Yeah. Yep. And then everybody would be over there trying to figure out how to get what's wrong and how to fix it. Yeah. And I can remember we w I'd work overtime with crews out in the backyard when we in the old system where we had hundreds and hundreds of uh, cars outside that needed to be fixed. Now all of a sudden might get five or six a day. It dried up, and the quality went way up. Right. I mean, now we've got parts that fit right, and people having the responsibility of stopping the line and fixing it, not shipping it down the road for yeah. somebody else to fix. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow. So you guys, so it it improved the quality. Oh, tremendously. Amazing. And the and this was what our management. Upper management was trying to convey to the people in uh, in Michigan that they didn't want to move. Yeah. Now that plant had then opened up in 1947. Now you stop and think about it. You have a, a facility that big with that. It takes a long time to recoup the money the that it took to build yeah. it. So they're saying, "Well, you know, this is a money making facility, blah blah blah," and that was their argument. But they couldn't set up the Carrizo system the way they did, yeah. you know. Yeah. They did, but it was not anywhere near as efficient. And they wanted to go to places where they would have be centrally located. Mm. And so they moved our plant to St. Marie, Canada, which was fairly close to Detroit in that area there. Oh, okay. So a lot of, the, a lot of stuff... Uh, yeah. So 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 they moved it to a place where they can get all the different parts within closer distance. Exactly. Okay. Um. So the plant up. So fast forward. So the plant in Van Nuys closed, and that's now a famous shopping center. The plant. I wouldn't call it famous. It's just the yeah. It's the plant. Famous in my mind. It's like famous amongst ghetto people in Panorama City. It's not. Yeah, I mean, I don't touch it. <laughs> I won't even touch it. But that's interesting. So, do you think the plant got its name because it it was because of the GM plant? One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because if if like, otherwise, why would you name yeah. a shopping center a plant? Yeah, it didn't. It, there were it, no it never plant stores either. Right. I'm yeah. learning something. I'm yeah, learning yeah, something. there are no plant stores. Um, I want to rewind a little bit yeah. though. So, Uncle Paul, so before you even moved to Reno with a Bing. How did that start? How did you meet a Bing? How did I meet a Bing? <laughs> I was a water test foreman upstairs, and she used to walk by to go to the cafeteria all the time. And uh, I started flirting with her, and that's how I met a Bing. <laughs> yeah, what were your, do you remember what your line was? How did you approach her? That's a long time ago. Yeah. It's it's difficult for me to remember from yeah. one day to the next anymore. And, I, and yeah. I'm not I'm not being facetious about that. Since I got out of the hospital, I was thinking about trying to, and, and, and the funny part about it is when I got out of the hospital, it was so bad, I'd lived in this house for 20 years and couldn't remember where it was. 
Yeah. Wow. And uh, I was worried because I knew I'd been working all this time. How was I going to pay for the things? And where's the money coming from? I'm not working anymore. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I remember going through a lot of turmoil in my mind over that. But anyway, that's kind of a side note. I'm so you about. went upstairs, you flirted with her, and it was just, that's it. That was done. Pardon me? There was no struggles from there? It was just instant love? Well, there's always a, there's always a struggle when you're with another person, and especially a woman. <laughs> yeah, did, did she like you immediately, or no? Oh, she didn't like you immediately. Pardon me? She didn't. She did she fall for you immediately? Yeah, I guess so. Okay. <laughs> First date. Well, yeah. Uh, every day we saw each other, so it was, every day was a different date. Right. You know. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, we were in the same plant, working in the same area. I remember a funny part about it in those days, and it gets back to the Labradors. Okay? Yeah, yeah perfect. Okay, yeah. okay, now I remember we had a a family gathering down in my little apartment there in, in Panorama City. People that came down from Canada that were from Alongapo that knew knew and. All of a sudden, you could hear Pito. You know, Pito's quite loud at times. Okay. Oh boy. And I, the lady says, "Ah, there goes the Labradors. You can always tell where they're at. You can hear them." Oh, wow. <laughs> oh so, wow. Well, Vina falls in the same category because yeah. she's a Labrador. I go by and say, "Where's Vina?" So just follow the laugh. Yep. <laughs> That's all they yeah, say. Yeah. Just follow wow. the laugh. You'll hear. Was my dad in uh, in the states at this point when you met Antia Bing? Oh. No, he was no, no, no. We we met oh probably four or five years before he got here. Before oh before okay, so he was not at this apartment party that you're talking no. about. Uh, I don't I don't remember that for mm. sure. Yeah, yeah. And this wasn't really a party at this particular time. Kickback. They, these people <laughs> needed a place to sleep. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they didn't have a lot of money anymore, and they come to Cal, come all the way down to California, right? And I know how the word got out, and I told them, "So look, there sure isn't any palace. It's a it's a one bedroom apartment, and there's not a heck of a lot of room, but we'll put blankets on the floor, and you sleep there." And they were very very appreciative of that. Yeah. They had some place to stay, you know. And we were doing our best with a lot of things. I can remember when. We knew that your dad and uh, Adoy were coming, and you, by the way, that must have been exciting for you. By the way, was about that far out of your mother's belly. Yep. <laughs> you were. Yeah, was, yeah. I was. Yeah, I was conceived there and born here. Yeah. And anyway, uh, way to go. We uh, <laughs> we got international uh, man. I got to thinking. Well. What are we, what are we going to do? Where are they going to go? So I immediately went and talked to the apartment manager, got him an apartment right upstairs. Oh, for my parents. Yeah. And my and, sister, and brother, then, and me. Then then we went out and bought a bunch of used furniture, mm-hmm. the used furniture places, put a bed in there and a wow, and, and set a, up wow. A, a chairs and stuff like that. And you knew I was even, coming. Even, yeah. even got an old car. And now I'm telling you, this was not the not the cream of the crop. 
Your dad had to had to put uh, lumber in the back to keep the seat up. Uh, <laughs> really? Yeah, it's an old what Buick. Kind of, what kind of a car? Buick. A Buick. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, so so, 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 so you, you guys were the welcoming committee. Well, yeah, we were doing all we could do to yeah. help them. That's amazing. And, uh, and I remember I had my own opinions. Mm-hmm. And uh, my brother-in-law, Dong, your father is probably one of the dearest friends I have. But at the time, I thought he was Bobo. Bobo? Uh, Bobo. I thought he this guy doesn't doesn't know what he's doing. And it's because <laughs> he could he couldn't speak English very well. Yeah. No, it oh, wasn't wow. it, so it, so it wasn't until I took him for a job interview and I saw the paperwork that he filled out. Uh, this guy's not Bobo. He just can't speak. <laughs> what was the job for? I don't know. Well, I was oh. taking him different places looking for a job. Yeah. Wow. That time. And I knew at that time, I said, this guy well, is a very smart man. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it, it, it took that kind of a relationship to realize that after a while. Totally. You know, you don't. In other words... Which is what you see first isn't necessarily so, you yeah. know. Yeah. That's a great lesson right there. Um, do you have any memories of, well, did you know how to play poker before you met the family not, already? Not very much. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Every weekend it was a poker game. Yeah. Every weekend. What do you remember about that era where, every, where like you guys were just playing poker all the time? Well,. I remember it was it was a fun time. I got uh, became very uh, close to your dad. Oh, okay. And uh, I'd be over there probably more than your mom wanted me to. <laughs> but but uh, between us, we had a. We had a particular love of Jim Beam. <laughs> I remember that. Oh, yeah. I remember my dad would pick me up after school. We'd stop by the, the, the liquor store, and he'd always eat, like, for, for a while. You know, it ended, but for a while, he would, you know, he would get a fifth. Yeah. 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 And. Was, was, um, was John Chambers around at that time? John Chambers, yes, he was. He was down and and uh, he's still married to Gloria when we first met. We went down there, and John is another one that uh, I kind of developed a, a relationship with. The only problem with John was, like your dad and me, he liked to drink. Once he got once he got one drink in him, he was just almost. Just the train started. Yeah, it just yeah, and uh, that was that. I think, and you know, looking back on it and looking from the outside, was the impetus between John and Gloria breaking up. Yeah. And uh, I got a picture on the wall in there of a party at your house with yeah you over mom. here. Yeah, we'll take yeah. a picture mom. of that later. Yeah, but on the we'll, social media, we'll take we'll make sure to share all the yeah. photos with everyone. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's amazing here in this house. This house is kind of like a time capsule. There's like yeah, there's doodads and pictures from, That's from a all, all eras. A lot That's of a elf shoes. A lot, uh, like a lot Santa of elf shoes. elf shoes. Yeah, it's kind of Christmas 
12 months out of the year here. Yeah, that's a bang. <laughs> she won't take it down? No. Have you ever asked her to? No, I, I quit a long time ago. <laughs> it is kind of organized. Uh, yeah. It's like... There's a picture. There's a method. There's, there's a method there's to, a the method to the there's madness. There's pictures yeah. up there of your your mom and yeah, Adoy and oh yeah, Ping. Judge and Jenny. Yeah, yeah. There's oh, me yeah. as a little baby. The twins, and then we also have some pictures of your family. It looks yeah, like that's my family over there. That's um, the top two pictures. On one on the right and left is both the same person. That's my middle son. Yeah, what's He's, his name he, again? Don. Don. He's now. Uh, the uh, superintendent of, of Department of Water and Power Electrical Training. Amazing. Yeah. You have, you said is the middle. So how many sons do you have? Three. Three sons. Doug, Don, Dean. Doug, That's Don, right. Dean. Two engineers, one uh, heavy, equipment, heavy operator. equipment operator. Yeah. And they're all doing well in California? Oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, there's a small picture down below on the right. That's all of my sons and my my mother, mm-hmm. and when they're younger, I'm talking about the big picture now. Okay, the one on the right head corner. Yeah, and then there's my grandmother and grandfather, mm-hmm. and I never knew my grandfather because he died the same year I was born. Right, and there's Dean up there with a, and were they from or? or was that in New Mexico or South Dakota? My mom, my grandparents. Yeah. No, they were in South Dakota. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my my grandmother moved out here to California, and then when my father mm-hmm. and father and mother separated, yeah, she packed us up, me and my sister, and we went to California. Yeah. That's yeah. how we got to California. Amazing. What was uh, Uncle Bob? I don't think everyone knows, but what's your full like, your full birth name? My full first name? Birth birth name. Your full, on your birth certificate, what's your full Charles name? Charles Paul Cox. Charles so, Paul Cox. Paul's the middle name. Yeah. But everyone just kind of called you Paul, though? Yeah. There's even a funnier note to that. Mm-hmm. There was a nickname that my father had given me when I was probably about as big as that little picture there with it, my mom and, their, and father. When I, from uh, a little boy that was in, had something to do with the dormitory he was in when he was in college. And I reminded him of that kid, so he named me his name. And it was Toddy. 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 Now, why in the hell did you get Toddy out of (laughs) Charles Paul Cox? I don't know. At any rate, it got to the point where Everybody all the way through the first, second, or third grade called me Toddy. Stuck. And finally, uh, I said, "No, no, it's not right." So <laughs> then it went to when it went to uh, Charles, and I said, "No, that's not right either." Oh. I want to go by my middle name. Yeah. That's how I got to Paul. Oh, nice, nice. So you got to kind of beta test those other names, and it yeah. just just didn't feel right. Yeah. Paul definitely is is the right name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeffrey didn't work out for you. No, yeah. My mom wanted to name me Jeffrey, I think. And I think my dad pitched Steve. I think he likes Steve McQueen. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. But then it was one of the things where it's like, you know, I remember in middle school, everyone called me by my last name. Like, no one called me Steve for a long time. Bush? Yeah, yeah everyone just called me Bush. 
Well, that uh, goes with some people, and I don't know how they get on with it, but yeah. I had two friends that I worked with for years on the, on the production line. I was a supervisor for a while, but that's true. That's true. But before that, probably the best job I had at General Motors, the one that satisfied my soul more than anything else, was I was a painter. I I oh. I'd paint the cars. I and I had I was the repair. Yeah. I was downstairs when they shipped down a whole bunch of bad cars. We have uh, two lines going, and these guys would sand them and and uh, put primer on them and paper and right. mask them off. And they come down to me. I'd sand the primer down and I'd paint them. Now, wow. was this with like a high, like like a high pressure gun or like yeah. yeah? Yeah. Would you be in like a, in like a booth? Yes. Yeah. So, but not all the cars were painted in the line, right? Or on all- the line I was on, no. Everything, you know, everything that's come down the line were painted in an, on a line. On a line. But, uh, but sometimes in those, days, in those days we had Fisher Body and Chevrolet. And but, Well, actually, before, when I first hired in, it was Fisher Body and Chevrolet, but when they merged, it went just to Chevrolet. They still had the old system for painting the cars. The bodies were painted on one side of the plant, mm-hmm. and the front ends were painted on the other. But... Um, at the very end of the line, where if there's any screw-ups, it was my job to fix them. Uh, I'd paint wow. them. Yep. Yeah, and it's it's kind of an art, too. I've I've painted, a, uh, mm. I've sprayed a panel before. Oh, you have? It's like, I can see how it can be rewarding if you're good at it. It, it, yeah. it just takes experience. Yeah. You have yeah. to do it over and over again yeah. to your mind and your hand and your trigger and knowing the color that you're using, certain colors. Yeah. Carry more pigment than others. Yeah, yeah. Uh, come to example, uh, white. If you don't cover that white, it takes a lot of pigment to cover up anything. Yeah. And if if on the line up there, if they had red cars and the guy didn't bleed out all the red before it got to the white, you'd have a pink yeah. front end where the paint started. <laughs> you know. You guys were using clear coat back in this in that year. No, we no clear didn't. coat. Uh, it was all baked in. Oh wow! Right, it was, it'd go through a high bake oven system, right. bake it in. Uh, base coat, clear coat. We did a little bit of that when I was painting, and it was uh, disastrous because the EPA in California came along and said, "Well, you can't use bat lacquer anymore." Mm-hmm. So I had to go to water-based paint. Yeah, and what a mess that was. Yeah. I mean, just to even paint it, you'd go inside and you'd have to stand. Guys would all have lids for a five-gallon bucket on the floor with towels on it where they could take the water and put on the towels so they could put their feet in it so the feet wouldn't stick to the floor. Wow. It was just really... So, like, was the EPA and, like, the regulations, were they aware of how difficult it was to make that shift? Because you know, it's like I I can see. I, I don't I know see. whether whether it was a fact that they knew about it or not, or I just think that they didn't care. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't know. What, what, you know. what a mess, huh? Yeah. What a mess. <laughs> and, and and you're talking about 
then they'd go downstairs and I'd sand it down and I'd paint it with lacquer on top of the other stuff. <laughs> right. And then a lot of the problems developed when they start doing that kind of stuff. And you'll see cars with the whole top of the roof or something peeled off yeah. or oh. stuff. It, That's it was, because the paints didn't bond. Yeah, paints were bonded on the car. So, um, so we talked about that part of your career. And I think for the majority of my life, I knew you in your maybe your second career as yeah. a trucker. That's that's my biggest memory of of you, Uncle Paul, is you were our uncle who drove the big cool truck. So, can you tell us about how you started in the trucking business and well, what, what you came, if you, yes, how you felt about it, and if you were in love with it? I came out of I came out of General Motors, retired. And uh, my retirement just didn't satisfy me with enough money to live the way I wanted to live. So I thought, well, I got to do something different. I went to work at a casino for a while as a security guard. Then I went to IGT, which I probably should have stayed there. I'd probably be really well off now if I'd have had. IGT makes the the glasses you see on the uh, on the uh, slot machines and stuff. Oh wow! We silk silk screen painted. Stuff. They oh. made yeah, they made machines too, but I was in the silk screen department. Yeah. The reason I got in there was they found out that I'd been a painter, mm-hmm. and they knew that getting the right mixture and right colors and all that stuff. So uh, I'm into that, and then. And we, they were using lacquer, but then uh, they wanted to go to UV. Mm-hmm. So now they they had another section of the silkscreen department for UV, and they put me in charge of trying to make uh, make all the colors match. Yeah, with the lacquer. Now that's what, that, and they had a ridiculous, uh, as to this day, say premise. They thought to myself, well. We'll make it match the same backlit or not backlit. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Two different, two different mediums, two different types of paint, two different everything. But at any rate, I'm working at it. I'm doing the very best I can do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've got a, I've got a uh, system built up where there was no more salvage that it had to go to hazardous waste and all that stuff i i talked to the people who supplied me with the uv paint i said is there any way i can i can make this uh non hazardous waste oh yeah you can put uh urethane hardener in there and it'll turn hard and then you could just throw it away in the trash so that's what i did send me the stuff and I was working on it, and I had some pretty good success. And uh, probably the worst thing that happened to me was I got my my head so big that I thought I was, you know, the world's end and I should be paid more money. But it's all right. I didn't care. But then came along... They came along some new manager for IGT who come from the casinos. Mm-hmm. And they had a big meeting. We all had to go over in this big meeting, this room over there. And these guys were younger guys. 
monkeying <sighs> around, playing grab ass over in the corner, giggling and laughing. This guy get in there and started berating him right out in front of everybody. And I really get down to their case. And I said, this guy's an asshole. I don't want that to work for him. Uh -huh. I, you know, he could have handled it. They, sure, these guys were not doing exactly the right thing they should, but he shouldn't be talking to them that way. These are people that he's going to depend on. So about a week later, my boss, the big boss in the silkscreen department calls me and says, everybody has to go to a one-on-one -on -one meeting over across the street with with this super, supervisor. And we'll pay you overtime. He says, no. no. His eyes got big, so we, what? I said, no. I said, he's an asshole. I told him, I said, he's an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want nothing to do with him. Yeah. I said, do you want me to work overtime? I said, I have no problem getting paid or not. If it's, it has to do with doing my job and doing it well, I'll stay here extra hours every day. But I'm not going over there and meeting this guy. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's, that's when I decided to do something else, and yeah. I began driving a truck. Yeah. Okay. So how did you find the... Trucking truck? Yeah, how did that how did that come serve to you? How uh, in did the beginning, in the beginning it was just a, it was a company truck that I was driving. And I got to, a friend of mine went to be an owner operator. He says, Why don't you be an owner operator? I said, Well, I says, I don't know. He says, it takes a certain amount of down payment stuff for the truck. And it says, I don't have it. But at the next time I went into uh went into Phoenix, I went into the and the office there, and I told the guy in charge, says, being on our operator, he says, well, he says, you're going to have to do this, you're going to have to do that. And I says, thank you. I appreciate your time. But I don't have the financial wherewithal to do what you require me to do. If ever anything ever comes up where you've got a truck that somebody bails out on, I'll take it. Mm -hmm. If you want me to, I'll take it. I said, and I'll I'll sign an agreement to pay pay so much a month, right, for that truck, and probably well, it was a long time ago now, but I'm going to say maybe three months later, my boss over here at uh, Swift Transportation Yard there, my job, my he says, hey Paul, says uh, you going to be an owner operator? This is not to my knowledge. He says, I think you are. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. They call me from Phoenix. They wanna they wanna wanted to know about you. He says, Of course I told him you were the biggest asshole I had, but <laughs> yeah. then he started laughing. You know. <laughs> you know. But anyway. That's how I got started in that. So so, so 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 you first were just kind of driving trucks for just one company. Yeah. And then and then eventually it it became Big, Once it, you can it, own a, your own truck, it became a little two more. Different types of drivers. They had company drivers that drove for a certain percent by mile, and they they drove, and that's how they got paid. And they didn't. And when you become an owner operator, you had the responsibility. You, that lease is in your name. Yeah. And you got to get out there and hustle. Yeah. In the beginning, I was doing real well. I was made, I was leased on to Swift and was driving for Walmart mm -hmm. 
out of Red Bluff, California. And I was bringing home probably fifteen, sixteen hundred dollars a week, and that was good in those days. Yeah, yeah. And uh, everything was going along fine. Then all of a sudden, Walmart decided that they were going to start scaling back because they wanted to go to their own drivers. So now, sometimes I'm sitting in the parking lot for two or three days waiting, trying to get a next load. So I finally said, no, got to go back out on the road. Yeah. And uh, I went back out on the road, and I started driving, and I was, and the ironic part of this whole thing, we're having this conversation, I was having success in the beginning because I was being paid right. But as time went on, expenses went uh, went up on the mm-hmm. on the company. They didn't. They washed their hands of it. That's your problem. Mm-hmm. Oh. All of a sudden, it's costing me a fortune for fuel. I remember when the fuel prices went up. Yep. yep. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden, I'm having to run. I was for probably ten, eleven years. I ran where I wasn't only home more than two or three days a month. Yeah. And sometimes that was just coming through. Yeah. yeah. I have a load Eesh. going to California, and I'd stop over at the park, truck stop and come home. Yeah. And take a big pile of, of laundry to the laundromat and yeah. go to the market and buy stuff. I, I had it made in a sense. I had a TV, a refrigerator, mm-hmm. and uh, a microwave. In the, in the yeah, I, I remember you gave me a tour of uh, yeah. have you seen? Have you been in the tour of the truck? It's been a long time. I Man, think I did. It's got everything. Yeah. It's like a little apartment. It's called a sleeper or what, what, what's that? Yeah, there's a, there's a sleeper berth back there. Yeah. there. There's actually two bunks, one on the bottom. One pulls down. Yeah. Sleep up there. Oh, wow. wow. Did you have a, a road pet? A what? Like a pet, like a companion, dog no, or anything? No, 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 no. No? I could have, but. Yeah. So on those long drives, like what was your favorite thing to do to kind of like, you know, you know, like listen to radio or were you listening to music or like just yeah, thinking? Yes, so I had a, I had a XM radio. XM. Yeah. And. Would you listen to like Howard Stern or something like that? No, man. I was sixties on six. In the mainstream jazz, that's what I listen oh. to all the time. You listen to jazz all the wow. time. Wow. Like, like what kind of stuff? Like, I, like I personally don't know anything about jazz. I'm bad. I yeah. don't know anything. So it's it, it was it was mainstream jazz to me, and for the most part, it was black artists. Mm-hmm. And their ability to play their instruments, and I remember guys says, "Oh, that's black music." Well, I can't see any color. Yeah, I hear what I hear. Yeah, you know, and uh, I, that's the ironic thing I see today. I see all the, the jazz, so-called advertisements that are coming to town, and there aren't any black cars. They're all white. Yeah, and I remember a lady says, says "Oh, shit." She was a hillbilly. Mm-hmm. He says, uh, they're all black. I says, well, says, yeah. I said, but you know what? You like Tammy Tucker. She says, yeah. I says, well, I've seen, I seen a, a little Korean girl sound just like her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? oh, and wow. singing. I says, so, and, and they're going to play the music. It isn't the music. It's who's, whether the person who's playing it is playing it right and knows how to do it. Yeah. 
I yeah. said, and there are white artists, Dave Brubeck and, and, mm-hmm. and others that were very, very good jazz artists right. that were not black. Right. Who are your um top jazz artists? Maybe we can like get some snippets of music and start and end the the show yeah, with some jazz. We can end end, end the episode. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh well my all time favorites is The Birth of the Cool, which is the uh Birth of the Cool. Yeah, the birth of the cool is is the name of what everybody referred to him, but it's it's a. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, my mind is not working right That's now. That's okay. I have problems since pre- this accident having memory of names, and that's like, terrible. I want to say is Miles Davis. Miles Davis. Yeah, exactly. You got it. Miles Davis. That's the guy. And. Uh, when I when I say Miles Davis, you're talking also about the sax player, the famous sax player. Gillespie? Um, no. Yeah. I, I, I just know the names, but I don't know how yeah. they like relate. Yeah. Okay. I I, I I I'm I'm serious. When I got out of Coltrane. the hospital, I couldn't remember where I lived. I couldn't remember families' names. Yeah. I couldn't remember. So and let's talk about that. So, you so what happened that led you 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 ended up being in like a coma, like okay, what, what led it what led into that all, all the time for ten eleven years, I knew I was diabetic. They, the DOT has regulations that you take a annual physical, yeah, and then after that. They set the parameters of what you're doing. And the guy, I remember, went in and the guy says, uh, you're diabetic? He says, no, I'm not. He says, yes, you are. And so then I had to get my blood sugar under control. And that became a, a constant thing. After a series of different systems in the beginning, I thought, well, I'll just take the pills. And that didn't necessarily work. I have one major problem. It wasn't booze. It's sweets. Sweet. I loved it. I I'd go to the store and and, and my wife would get yeah. a, a big jug of ice cream. I'd eat the whole thing. Yeah. Holy moly. And uh, what about like soda? Everything. Everything. Everything that's sweet. Anything. And and I was really having a problem keeping my blood sugar under control. So finally. The doctor told me, he said, well, if you're going to get a get an exercise program and eating properly, you'll be all right. So now I'm out on the road. I'm saying to myself, okay, exercise. I'm getting a little too old to run. But what I would do was I take my truck when I'm out on the road, and I know if I have enough time, I pull my truck off the side of the road, park, get my phone out, look and see what time it is, and walk hour that way and then you have to walk back so now you get an hour walk every day and my blood sugar goes wow that's I mean, awesome. really really just from walking just from walking so i did this for a number and the plus i would go always go to uh <coughs> flying j truck stops only because across the united states there's a great percentage of them have have uh denny's inside them and Danny's, I found that I could eat what they call their um, oh, 
I don't know what it was now. The dessert or an entree? Yeah, it, it was an entree with it, with it had eggs and vegetables and all this all mixed up. I'd have egg whites put in there instead of regular oh, eggs. Some kind of skillet, it sounds like. Yeah, a yeah. skillet. Yeah. Yeah. So, and uh, and then <laughs> uh, then I would get if they had it, if they had chili, which they did for a while, I'd have them put a scoop of chili on top. Yeah. Nice. And it was oh. really, really good. Danny's. But if they didn't have, the one thing that I noted, that the Flying Jays always did, they'd have out there you'd get soup, different kinds of soups and chili. Yeah. So I'd tell the lady, so I'll be right back. I'd go get me a cup of chili, pour it on top. <laughs> and then I'd go do my running exercise, or my walking exercise. Yeah. And I went along, and year after year after year, and everything was fine. Yeah. Then the end of my drugging, I was picked Picked up a load of, of paper, big rolls of paper, in Idaho, in Lewiston, Idaho, and I was supposed to take it to Las Vegas. Well, the ninety ninety three is a real winding road that goes through the mountains, narrow, big canyons, small towns with very small streets. All of a sudden, I'm going down this road. I'm going down this road and uh, I'm seeing double. Oh, two man. cars, two cars coming at me, two cars going ahead of me. Everything's in two people, signs, everything. Jeez. And I'm saying to myself, man, this is uh, freaking me out. Yeah. So I pulled off the side of the road and I figured I'll go get something to eat and see if things straighten out. Didn't. Just as bad. So. I called my driver manager, and I told her what was happening. She says, well, where are you? And I told her I was, uh, where I was at, and she says, oh, man, you're over halfway. She says, don't take that to Las Vegas. Bring it here to Reno, and we'll deliver it, and then you go to the doctor. Went to the doctor, and doctor, and that was six months. I was, they were dealing with getting my eyes straightened out where I could see without seeing double. For six wow. months? Six months. And so that was in May following, and the doctor told me, he says, look, says, I'm releasing you. You can go to work. He says, but I don't think I want you to drive a big truck. I told him, the doctor, <laughs> I'm 68 years old or 69 years old, I think, at the time. I don't know. I don't iterate. I don't want to drive anymore. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it had gotten to the point where they were, I, I couldn't make any, enough money every year I'd owe Uncle Sam. Yeah. And the ironic part of that is somebody filed a lawsuit, class action lawsuit, that we weren't being paid right. Oh. Huh. That was 10 years ago. I just got a notification that if I if I want my pay, I got $8,000 coming to me just from back pay. Wow. Yeah. Oh. So uh, I told Venus, is. And the is always, oh, it's just a scam. <laughs> Might not be. I told her, I read it. I said, no, I remember when it yeah. first came down, they yeah. were talking about this oh, lawsuit. Yeah. And, uh, you get that money. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's not like I feel like I'm robbing them. No. I couldn't, I was in the hole every year because of, I mean, after Christmas, after Christmas would go, the big truck, Go down, 
because no, no, none of the stores all supply for Christmas holidays. Mm-hmm. And then after that, they supply for the spring and summer. So after after January, uh, uh, December, from January, February, even into March, be sitting, sitting, and sitting, and making no miles, and making miles, and the fuel's costing you, and the tires, the tires alone be eight, nine thousand dollars for tires. And I'd, I'd get in the hole. I couldn't pay at all. At the end of the year, I'd owe Uncle Sam. Finally, finally got out of that mess. And uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, I, I've got some friends and some cohorts. And I'm going to tell you, I put... On that green truck you see hanging on the wall over there, over there by where I sit by the table, I put 1,500,000 miles on that truck. Wow. (laughs) I drove 48 states in Canada. And I've been in some of the most hellish snowstorms you can imagine. Man. Mm. I remember one stands out in my mind, just still frightens me to this day, and thank God. Somebody was taking care of this guy, but I'm going out of out of going towards Denver. I pulled out 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 on the highway, and it's so and so hard with the windshield wipers going as fast as they can. Mm-hmm. You can't see. Yeah, and I'm going along, and I'm trying to judge how fast this car is going ahead of me, and the snow snow's piling up. Got the heater blowing everything you can to keep it off. And uh, some guy in a truck ahead of me, I guess he was having trouble seeing too, so he decided to get off and pull off and clean off his windows. Mm-hmm. Well, I couldn't see him. Yeah. Oh, and man. I'm coming alongside, and I'm I'm as close as close to his truck as I am to you. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I see him stepping out in front of his truck. <gasps> oh. And I'm going, <gasps> and he jumped back just as I went past him. Oh, I'm my gosh. Him, oh, my God. Man, yeah, yeah. You, I mean, obviously, there must be a, a lot of close calls when you're driving for that long, a million miles. Yeah. Well, I can think of several of them. Yeah, yeah. I, and I got madder than a hornet is at Swifters putting me out on the road. <coughs> yeah. So they would give you, <coughs> they give you a, a route. You should take. Yeah. And that route is necessarily shorter, but it's not always the safest. Yeah. Well, I should have thought of this. Anyway, I get out on the road. I'm going down the highway, and the first thing I notice says, roads will not be plowed or maintained after 6 o'clock in the evening till 6 o'clock in the morning. Uh. I'm saying to myself, ooh, I hope it doesn't start snowing. Sure enough, yep. I got down the road and it was snowing so bad I can't see. I can't even see any other cars out there. And this is where? Going across Colorado. Colorado still. Uh, and anyway, I got got through the mess, but I'm only doing about 35 miles an hour, so it took me forever, 25, 35 miles an hour, because mm-hmm. I couldn't see. And I pulled, I pulled into this 
little town, and there's a big Walmart there. It, all the trucks were parked in there, and I decided I was going to go in to the shopping center across the street. Well, I pulled in, and here's this guy in a truck in front of me stuck. So I finally got around him, got to the other side, and found a place to park. But man, that was that trip where. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, and I was mad at Swift because they should know. They should have the the same thing that they're putting signs out on the road that this road is not maintained after a certain time. Yeah. And put me out there in that in that position where there's no place for me to pull over, there's no place to park, and I got to keep going. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So when the doctor says, "Well, I don't think I want you to drive the big truck anymore," I said, "I don't want to drive the big yeah. truck no more." That At that good. particular time, that was getting me out of my lease. That's what yeah. I was saying. I'm not going to be right. sued for not for dropping the truck somewhere. Yeah. Right. So you stopped driving. Yeah. Then I went. Then I went to went down here, and it it, it was kind of hard for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, because all of a sudden we didn't have the income coming in, so I went to driving a, a cab. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that was worked out perfect because they don't report to Uncle Sam. Oh, <laughs> were you, were so you like cash money every day? Yeah. Were, you, were you working for a, a cab company or were you doing one of those cab like company. like a ride share? Okay, oh. company. And uh, they don't report to the Uncle Sam. That's mm-hmm. just up to you. They say you're an independent contractor. You deal yeah. with the taxes. They don't send nothing to nobody. Right. And I talk to other guys. Say they don't pay no taxes. They don't even file. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so I'm doing for about a year. Uh, Forty, fifty. If it was a real good day, a hundred dollars a day. Mm-hmm. But that's all I needed. Yeah, enough mm-hmm. to buy groceries if Vina needed something at the store. Yeah, go get something at the store. Mm-hmm. That's nice. And then that's until I wound up in the hospital. That's when I was in trouble. And was it the sugar that that put you in the hospital? And it wasn't. Be, it was now. It was because I wasn't under the routines that I'd had before. Right. Yeah. Now I'm driving a cab. Yeah, I can't get a stop and go walk for an hour somewhere. Sure. If I can only make forty, fifty dollars a day. Yeah, you're kind of hustling. Lose a lot of money. Yeah. So I'm going all day long. I get up at five o'clock. Actually, I was getting up about four thirty. Right. Being in the cab company by five, picking up, and then coming home by about five or six right. o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. So it, it just. And then uh, I spent so damn much time in the hospital. I'm not kidding you. Four or five months, I don't think I ever got outside. Right. And this was last year? Yeah, this year. So, yeah, right now it's August 2019. Yeah. I went in the hospital on January the 3rd. Oh, of this year. Wow. And uh, I couldn't walk at all. So, like, through the holidays and into New Year, were you feeling okay, or 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 were you slowing down? I don't know. You don't. Really? I woke up and I had no clue what happened to me, where I was at, why I'm here, 
what's going on? You just woke was up I in the a, hospital. Yeah, I just knew I was in the hospital. And what, like, what was like? Oh, the, one, they yeah. did tell me when I was in the hospital, when I asked them, they said, well, you're, you're diabetic. You were in a diabetic coma. Your, diabetes, your blood sugar was 1,400 or something. Uh-huh. And that puts you into a coma. Vina told me, she said later, she says, first thing she noticed is I'm laying there in the in the bedroom and I get up and I'm talking to the lamp, lampshade. I'm oh. talking to lampshade. Wow. And then uh, she says, I start howling like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't know. Wow. And so right away she she she, she gathered she, you up and got you to the hospital. Well, yeah, she talked to the, uh, I don't know who she talked to. She, wow. she knows better than I do, but they told oh, says, he's going to have to go to the hospital. Yeah. So they took me to St. Mary's Hospital. I was in St. Mary's and then from there well, I was in there say January probably Half of February, and then I went into a rehab hospital. Mm-hmm. And that's where you sort of you had to kind of learn how to. You were saying how to walk again. Yeah, well, I never did learn how to walk until here recently. What I was doing was in the beginning I was using a wheelchair. Uh-huh. Finally, got rid of that here a week ago, and I've got a, a walker out there that I was using to walk around mm-hmm. and build up my legs and uh, rehab people were even come out the house twice a week to work with me mm. and they're very good people and I and I thank God for them and I kind of want to get into a situation here and I don't know whether mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm re- only released and I'm reluctant as I've never told Vina mm-hmm. this part of my story but I don't mind her knowing. It's just that at the time, it was kind of a shock to me. Uh, I'm in the hospital, and I'm waking up every day. Now, let's back up a little bit. You know, if you're in a coma for three or four days, they got to feed you. Yeah. So they're feeding you through tubes. Right. Now, I hate to get gross, but now you're di- you you diarrhea all over the place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And when you got to go to the bathroom, you can't get up. You got to push a button. Somebody has to come and help you. Yeah. And I push the button, and nobody comes for fifteen twenty minutes. Sorry, pal, it's too late. Yeah. Yeah. And anyway, one morning, I remember one night I laid in bed and I'm praying. I pray, start praying. God, I know I'm nobody special. And I know that my my condition is not the worst in the world. Uh, But I need help. I don't know what's, what's, I can't understand what's happening. I don't know what's going on. I said, I know Jesus went through a lot more on the cross than I did. He was beaten and scarred and and everything else. I said, but at any rate, I I made this prayer. The next morning, 
there's a Filipino nurse about, oh, about 5.30. It's still dark in January, so I'm not sure what time it was. About 5, 5.30 in the morning, she comes in. She comes over, and she's real, real nice. Mm-hmm. She's really nice to me. And she's telling me stuff. She says, I hope I'm as nice as you are when I'm your age. Uh, and I'm saying to myself, how does she know anything about me? She just walked in the door. So I kind of dismissed it. And then she asked me, you want me to sing to you? I like to sing. And she starts singing a little bit. And it was the strangest singing I ever heard in my life. It's high pitched, very pretty, very beautiful. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know what it was. Yeah. And she not only took care of me, she got, comes out with these hot towels and wipes my body from one end to the other. Yeah. Cleans me up. Mm-hmm. Right. And she shows up for two or three days. And then one, one morning, I'm saying to myself, I love this girl, but it's not romance. It's not because I'm looking for somebody to replace my wife. Right. But she loved me first. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I wake up this one morning, and I'm expecting to see her. She says, hello. Hi, how are you? And I can see her face like this. Yeah. like I see her face like that. Like like a couple inches away. And open my face, eyes again. It's Vina. Yeah. Right there in front of me. Wow. That's when I realized she looks just like Vina did 30 years ago. Wow. So I'm saying to myself, I'm saying to myself, I don't know whether that she was real or whether she was an angel. Yeah. Yeah. To this day in my, because she was there when I needed her. Yeah. That's powerful. That's That's amazing. Yeah, it is to me. Yeah. It's bringing tears to my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a situation where I've often thought, I even prayed every day after that. I said, Lord, she's an angel. Tell her how much I I miss her and I love her. Oh. If if it's a nurse, bless her. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. That's an amazing story. Yeah, it's really amazing. I'll never forget. Never, never, ever. I'll never forget that no, story. Absolutely not. And it's like one of those things that's like you. We could ask a Bing if she, if if she remembers seeing someone or if that no, was her. No, no it, it, or it wasn't her. It, that was her first day in there. It definitely wasn't her. her. But what I'm saying to you. Yeah. Is, I seen the face. Yeah. different yeah. same face just different and it's yeah 35 years older amazing yeah wow amazing and i'm saying to myself look just like vena did that in the, all those years before mm. in the gm days yeah yeah oh amazing <laughs> wow that's an amazing story <sighs> well I don't know how we top that. That's that's no. Well, I'm I'm so happy that we're here now, sitting with you after oh, yeah, all you've I, been through I'm, this, I'm this year. I'm glad you came, and yeah. I, I I owe you both an apology for not being a better brother-in-law to you. But I've been on the road and gone so much, and I didn't, you know. I mean, I mean nephews, not brother-in-law. 
your father was a brother-in-law. <laughs> Both of them. At the same time, I think you're you're my you're my godfather. Yeah, I think so too. If I if I recall, yeah. So I I know. For both of us, you were around when we were at our youngest. Yeah. You know, like probably before we can like really remember. But you were around in those key formative yeah. times. Oh I yeah, think for both of us. Oh yeah, he used to pick me up, throw me around, tickle me. <laughs> I remember all that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I think should we transition to some family? Yeah. We, yeah. We reached out to members of, of the family and, and just asked them, you know, just, just for random questions or memories that they might have of you. And so we'll, we'll kind of get it going. Um, my mom has a, a memory um, that you, my, my dad, and John Chambers went on a fishing trip. Mm-hmm. Do you recall this? Yes, I do. You want to talk about that trip at all? Uh, if, if you can. <laughs> I really be perfectly candid with you. Uh, I remember the trip, but it's very difficult for me to remember all the wherewithals about it. Other than the fact, that's when I really, dis- really when I really uh, realized John Chambers' problem with alcohol was on that trip. Oh well, wow. yeah, and yeah. That's all I can really remember about it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's so sad that 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 alcohol. It's both. It's a bonding, social thing for our family, but it also does seem like it's it's something that really was hard. I think on a lot of relationships. John Chambers was really a good man. Yeah, really a good man. And like I said, and he's not the only one. I had a problem for a while with alcohol. Your dad had a problem yeah. with alcohol. Yeah. It, it affects different people different ways. Yeah. And. Okay. Well, um, another popular topic from uh, both Joseph and Jonathan is Aiko. We, we haven't talked about Aiko the dog Aiko, yet. Aiko. So, Aiko was an Akita. Yes. Akita, I don't know. It's. I didn't really know much about that breed of dog, but it seems like it's a really aggressive but loyal kind of breed. Extremely loyal. And can be very aggressive. Yes, yeah. they were used to hunt bears in in, in, in Japan. Okay, so okay, Akita's hunted bears. Uh, I got pictures of her. Yeah, the Japanese breed. Yeah, she's a Japanese dog. That's her, how she got the name Echo. Mm-hmm. Japanese name. Mm-hmm. This is a female. She was the biggest. Female Akita that I've ever seen. Yeah. I've seen males as big as her, but she was. And the lady that uh, I got her from even charged me more money because mm-hmm. of that. Because of the size? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So were you looking for an Akita? Yes. Okay. I've seen an Akita. I used to run around the park every every day down Southern California, and I've seen some guy with an Akita in the back of his truck. Oh. And I thought, the same <laughs> same experience another guy had when I went to L.A. with with Echo in the back of the truck. I'm parked in the truck, and she's running around doing her, her jewelry business, and some black kid was walking down the street, and he looked down there. He walked down and says, what kind of dog is that? 
And I told her, and he was really, really impressed. Yeah. Uh, she killed a neighbor's dog next door. Here? Yes. And that was... Wait, Aiko killed the neighbor's dog? Yeah. What happened was they had two dogs. They had a big chow. The big chow used to run back and forth against the fence, causing a, a ruckus with her. And uh, so, and she knocked down one of the boards, and the chow came into the yard. Well, Venus saved that chow's life. The chow was hiding behind one of the bushes out there, and Venus grabbed the hose and stuck the hose in her face mm -hmm. and saved the dog's life. Well, they also had a little dog. And if you go to the road over here, we put fencing. Me and Dean hammered up all this fencing, wire fencing, so that they couldn't knock the boards through and come through. Well, this little dog had dug a hole under the fence and came under the fence oh, no. and got in the yard. And Nako made short work of him. Yeah. Oh, boy. So, so now... They call the police and they call the the, the uh, animal control people. And they came out and said, it's not your fault. In your yard, if it was in their yard and they went over there, it would a different story. Yeah. But it's in your yard. She's taking, she's, it's her territory. Yeah. And. Since that time, and that's been years and years and years ago, haven't had any conversation, any relationships with our neighbor over there, except at the time I felt bad. I told us, well, I'll get the kids another dog. They had mm -hmm. small kids, and their kids are probably as old yeah. as you guys are. Yeah. And uh, I said, and uh, yeah. said, oh, no, that dog was a, was a champion dog and, yeah. and 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 blah blah blah, and talked Vina into going to the going and, and, and against our homeowners insurance. Next thing I know, the homeowners people paid the claim and and decided to either we get rid of the dog, or insurance is canceled. Oh, and uh, said no. Says we're not getting rid of the dog. Yeah. I said, and uh, we wound up having to pay more money and went to a different insurance company. Yeah. Then the other insurance company took us and says, okay, baby, you've got to give us your house insurance, your auto insurance, blah, blah, blah. You know. But, but there's that, that story about ACO. And uh, I remember I pulled into a store here in town here, and some guy gets out of his truck, and he's security housing security thing and he walks by and she's just rah, 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 yeah. making a fit and I says that's my housing security he says that's a damn good one yeah. <laughs> the best security you could have is Echo man so um, I, I we all kind of remember I think Auntie Bing would feed Echo steaks and a Bing cooked Every day of that day's dog's life right. for her. Yeah. Every day she cooks yeah. for the dog. Jonathan wants to know, what's the most expensive food you think that you guys fed Aiko? Was it those steaks or, 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 or did you one time just make some? She she would go to the store and she'd buy three or four different types of, of 
pellets for the dog food and have three or four different bowls of it sitting out there. If the dog ever wanted it, it was there. Yeah. She'd put a big bowl of water down there for it, and then she'd go cook for it. So what she like with the expenses, it would be difficult for me to yeah. say. But it was just constant. I tell you, as far as being aggressive, she was never aggressive against children. Never. They had people come and they were scared to death because she was so big. Yeah. She'd want to go play with them. Yeah. Kids would be playing. She'd want to be right there in the middle of it. And the mothers are running out the back door thinking Aiko's going to eat their child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, there must have been an age limit because I was a child and I was terrified. I, I don't think I ever pet Aiko because every time I touched Echo, she would growl or something. Nah, she didn't like uh, Jonathan. Ah, so that's what it was. That's interesting. She didn't like Jonathan. And I get it. Well, no one did. Yeah, really. we don't like but him. No, no, he what, tiny. What, yeah, he was a little, the, a little the, shit. The thing I think, I think the thing was he was over there taking rocks and putting them in her water. And she saw that. And then after that, he'd oh come God. by her. And she'd go. And she, Remembers. No. Just, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Th- that's believable. We would do stupid stuff like that. Yeah, you know. That's God, what, that's what it's like. Okay, I have one more. This is a memory from Jenny. So Jenny wants to uh, wants to know if you recall this. She said that uh, it was her twelfth birthday, and she remembers being really sad that day because no one remembered. But you saw that she was sad, and you came over, and you asked her what was going on, and she said, "Oh, it's my birthday." And you rallied everyone and took them out to dinner. Do you or or for a meal? Do you do you remember this? Be honest with you, I don't. But yeah. it doesn't mean it didn't happen. It's yeah. Just well, well, she she remembers it, and she wants you to just know that that was something that really meant a lot. I remember when she her. first got here from the Philippines. Yeah. And it was her birthday, and uh, she was crying because. She wasn't going to get Ponset for her birthday. <laughs> Damn, I wonder and, why uh, not. She, <laughs> she, and she, she wanted to have a regular birthday party. Well, she, uh-huh. she's not in the Philippines anymore. Yeah. And we were, I think, at Walmart. And I was with her. With, uh, Everything goes back to Walmart. Yep. So we, we went in, and I, and I told her, just, and I showed her a little doll. A doll. You want that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to buy her this doll. But Dong says, no. <laughs> yeah. Dong says, no. What am I going to say, you know? <laughs> That's all I remember about her birthday, but I remember that. <laughs> Dad saying no to her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I yeah, can see too. that. Well, I have, I have just kind of one more question that I thought about, and it kind of loops back to trucking. Uh, you you were mentioning that that the costs were you know weren't making sense anymore like towards the end of your career and you're kind of happy to, to get out of it you know a big deal right now is the idea of autonomous vehicles there's talk of that some of the first wave of ai that's going to come online is kind of trucking in the in the middle of the country i don't know like have you 
like well, have you seen any signs of that or like what well, are your thoughts about it I've heard the same rumors and, and talk of, of things that you have yeah. and I'm not totally poo-pooing it because I also heard at the earlier when I first started that pretty soon there wasn't going to be any more big trucks delivering to stores that uh, they were going to take these trucks and drop the trailers off and these small places and smaller trucks would come in and pick up the stuff and take it into town. To a certain extent, that happened. They call them LTL carriers, load, load, and they would. It would make it easier for long haul drivers because all they'd have to do is take the trailer into a particular place and drop it off, pick up an empty. But that the logistically that just didn't work very well because there's just too many too many places that have to be delivered to, and too much money to have to be hiring more drivers. But having said that, I heard something the other day that since the economy has improved, they're losing more and more drivers. People like me who were not making enough money quit. So now they're talking about $80,000 a year job for truckers. Uh-huh. And I would say for... A, Average trucker before that was maybe fifty. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm talking about the money going up, right? But then, as far as autonomous trucking is concerned, it gets back to what you were talking about before. I can't see now. I'm not saying I'm an engineer and I know how to do all this stuff, but all of these big trucks with a 53 foot trailer, with a, with no driver in it, yeah. back in going in and back in into docks, yeah, all over these all over these places. Unless they do it like uh, we were talking about before. Maybe the trucks would come across the country and go to an LTL carrier mm. and trailer be dropped. Mm. Then somebody that's going to deliver yeah. it would come with a smaller truck. Right, right, right. Uh, so for the more intricate driving. Yeah. So, like, get from one major stop to the next major stop yeah. or something. But I don't know yeah. how that's going to work. It's, yeah, I mean, well, like like you were saying, some of those you know scary stories of driving in the snow and having to s- see something that, that you know, you know, maybe the AI is, will be better at at detecting some things, but worse at detecting other things, and so it's just going to be a whole whole. That is a, yeah. a question that I have no expertise on, yeah. and I'm just like you. I'm, I'm wondering how how it will work. How it, it's going to play work. out in the next yeah. 30, some people say in the next 10 years. Okay. So, well, anyways, we'll, we'll, this is the AI show of record. We'll, we're going to be on this. We're going to be studying this, and yeah. we'll give you an Keep update. Yeah. <laughs> All right, anything else? No, this is a pleasure. Okay, Uncle Paul, this was an amazing conversation. And thank uh, you. I appreciate you guys having the time to sit down and talk. Of course. I I, I should have done this a lot more than I have for both of you. Well this is great. We have this and we're looking forward to this afternoon is the party and we'll maybe record more at the party. Okay. And um, we'll keep it going. Okay, Uncle Paul, thanks. Thanks, Uncle Paul. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye.